What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Kingdom Vision Podcast. With me, as always, Braden Harris in the new studio. Tell me what y'all think. It's a vibe. I just want to give a shout out to Mama Mama Harris, Lindra Harris. Really blessed us. She uh, did a little interior design for a while. I told her my budget was like $400, $300, and then she went out and just blessed us. So, Mom, really thankful for you. Just wanted to tell you that, give you the credit. Um, but with that, today, speaking of you know money, we're gonna be talking about Christians and finances. Mm, yeah, yeah. I'm excited for this. Christians one. and finances. So, season two, episode one. <clears throat> we wanted to give y'all a treat with this one, and there's this misconception that all Christians have to be poor. Right. There, there really is this misconception that all Christians got to be poor. Um, we don't believe in a prosperity gospel. Actually, I, I believe in the prosperity gospel. I said this the other day. I, I was doing a Bible study, and I was like, I believe in the prosperity gospel. Had a three-second pause. Everybody had a little fear in their eyes. <laughs> and I was like, and I was like, I believe that God designed us, and the reason He, you know, says, "Hey, don't have sex outside of marriage. Don't mm-hmm. do. Don't have idols. Whatever yeah. He says not to do is because He wants us to experience." life to the fullest he wants yeah. to have the fullness maybe not materialistically but absolutely spiritually so i was like i believe the prosperity gospel because the reason he says what he says is so we can be a hundred percent and um it's just like um you know for instance like with fasting does that mean that whenever we have food we're not supposed to enjoy food whenever we're eating it mm-hmm. you know just for a time we you know so God's going to call us to certain convictions and certain yeah. people to different things. And, um, you know, when I come off my fast or if, if we, you know, if someone's fasting, when you come off your fast, you can enjoy food because God gave you taste buds. Yeah. And it's okay to do that. Yeah. You don't got to sit there and be like, oh, I'm back eating yeah. again. I'm and like, I don't like, yeah. I don't enjoy it. Number two, double meat, water burger, right. even though right. I'm lactose, I can't have cheese right. anymore. You're not sinning because you went back and ate, ate yeah. your food. And Praise God it. for that. But... We're talking Christians and finances. We know the Bible says for it's easier for a camel to enter through the eye of a needle than for a rich man or for a rich a rich man or woman to enter the kingdom of heaven. Do we take that lightly? No. Jesus says it's hard for a rich person to go to heaven. And the initial thought of the actual verse that comes to my mind, and I think it's the same verse, but there's so many parables of the rich young ruler. Lord, what do I have to do to enter the kingdom of heaven? Right? And then he said, uh, Jesus responds and says, love the Lord God with all your heart. Uh, Keep the commandments. He doesn't list the commandments. Jesus tells the guy, he goes, I've kept all these since my youth. And then he goes, teacher. Okay. First off, as a side note, go read the passage. He says, good teacher. What do I have to do? And then he says this. And then he says, teacher, which he's referring to like, he was good teacher. Now he's just teacher. Side note, go study that part. But then Jesus tells him, sell all you have and basically you know you'll like you haven't done that yet and then the man goes away realizing that he had a lot of possessions and he walked away sad and you know didn't accept what jesus was saying so in that moment this man's god was his finances was his possessions because he had a lot of possessions so that is why and it ties into the rat race like this is all what our Mm. culture is chasing status ferraris bugattis this nice house in texas you know it's funny i saw a tiktok the other day and it was like 
me in 10 years hopefully and it was a country song it's like a blake shelton song i don't know what song it was but i want to have the wife of my dreams and it was yeah. like this photogenic couple yeah and then uh like a four hundred thousand dollar house in texas which speaking of money you can buy an extremely nice house for 400k oh, yeah. compared, Texas, to new, yeah. compared to new york mm-hmm. a 400k house big old pickup truck he's like this is my goal in 10 years um so that's like the rat race in society that's like what we all subconsciously the society tells us is cool but um so we when we when we really look at it we don't believe and i'll kick it off to you after i finish this thought because i've been talking a lot already we don't believe in a poverty gospel because god blesses people financially in all the old testament um even the new testament not maybe not maybe financially but the centron the guy who had all the soldiers underneath him he had power if he said if i tell a soldier to go he will go if i say come he'll come and he still obeyed jesus that's not financial power but that's power that this guy had he said i've never seen faith so great in this area or whatever jesus said um so brayden talk i mean what do you you have any thoughts on this so a, a big thought i have is that number one like um God, before before you go do that i laughed so hard yesterday when you were like dude that's what you do on the podcast weird because we were talking the other day mm. and apparently when i when i panic when i'm done talking so brayden you know what are your thoughts just throw you <laughs> under the bus like pick it up pick it up because we were doing a bible study and i did that to a girl and she's like oh uh, what are you doing we do it to each other so yeah it, it's understandable but um a big thing that i see is that um, God is a God of rule. And, um, many times you'll see people that are very, um, do well in certain areas of their life. And that doesn't mean they're doing well with God. Right. You know, um, Pharaoh, he was, he has the power of all power at mm. that time. He was the richest of rich. So he was, he was blessed power financially blessed, but, I also see where there is the the rules of of life like when someone is wise with their money you know you see people that tend to their money that um, they're more naturally going to be successful in business whenever you take care of your finances when you do these things whenever you um, take care of what God gives you um, there's just a kind of this natural thing in life where things kind of just tend to line up with for those people. Mm-hmm. And um, because I see that um, God, you know, he enjoys whenever people have hard, like are hardworking on things and when people tend to things. And, um, you know, there's a certain law around that, you know. Um, but a big thing is, is that I think the biggest issue with, you know, poverty, prosperity gospel, if you're in the prosperity gospel and you're telling, you know, and the idea is that if you're, if you give money to this, then you're going to get money. You're going to be blessed. Right. You're going to be blessed. And that's not true. That's not true. But I do believe that people that are honorable with their money and tend to their money, that they're going to more naturally be, do better with their money. They're Mm going to be more naturally, um, have that way about them. Um, and part of that is to give your money, but there's people that don't give and, and do extremely well with finances. Um, I think God too, 
gave us the freedom of expression. Absolutely. Like he blessed us like pastors. I asked um, uh, the pastor I interned for this summer. It's like, is there a certain rule like to pastors? Do they have to tie the certain amount? Like what if a pastor, you know, like the YouTube pastors wearing Jordans, wearing, you know, Gucci shirts and stuff. So the point where it's a stumbling block, that's one thing. But his answer was, God gave us the freedom to express ourselves with our money. Like he blessed yes. us. And now you can feel free to, exp- you can tithe 75% of it if you want or tithe 10%. I would say at the least you need to be, if you're not tithing at all, that's a problem. No, you have, you know, you have to be tithing 10%. Yeah. You know, that's not, it's not one of those things. Like maybe I should do it. It's like, that's what that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to tie 10%. Anything else after that, then that's like, you know, if that's something God's convicting you on to do or, you know, you just even want to do that. But um, needless to say, I just feel like that it's really a big thing for, I think there's an, a lack of discipline in for a lot of Christians in finances um, because they kind of just think, oh, I'm giving, God's got me. And that's not the right way to be. You're you're supposed to tend to the money first off God already has with you. If that's ten dollars, if that's ten thousand dollars, that's that blah blah blah. If that's ten thousand dollars, <laughs> if that's ten million dollars, yeah. You need to tend to that money. Um, giving is part of that, but it's also then tending to what the rest of what you have and being honorable with that money because um it's so important to, you know, create those um, honorable ways in you. And, um, you know, what would Jesus do? How would he like, what, what would a characteristic be when, um, you know, that he would do with, you would think with money or these things like Jesus wouldn't just not be honorable with the rest of his money just because he gave some, you know, gave this and think, Oh, I'm good. God's got me. Right. Mm -hmm. And he, but he does, God does have you, but, uh, understand that God puts you in whatever position you're in, mm-hmm. right? If you, like I said, if you don't have much money or if you have a lot of money, regardless that God's not surprised that you're in that position and he still expects you to be honorable with, with the money that you have. Praise God. And then Im- immediately came to my mind when you were saying that was the money bags. Um, when the parable of, Hey, I gave him two pounds, four pounds, or I don't know what the currency or is maybe weight kilograms. I don't know what Jesus said, but in the parable, two money bags, four money bags, eight money bags. Um, they went and he said, multiply. Then the one guy went and he buried his money bag in the ground. And he said, no, that's wrong. Um, while the other two multiplied to 16. Yes. And I, okay, go read that. Take a grain of salt. It's not a direct quote, but the point is if you're born into a working class family, um, you're born into debt. A lot of people are born into student loan debt, yes. college debt, credit card debt. Okay, that doesn't. God is not frowned upon you. God, that's not a that's not a cause of sin. No. You're called to multiply. If it's likewise with us, we were born into a family of entrepreneurs. We have been blessed financially. Yes. Um, and we recognize that blessing. Whatever the blessing, whatever circumstance, money bag you are born into, you are called to multiply that to the fullest of your potential. Yes. Because, frankly. It, like you think if you, let's take this to compare it to something else like um, working hard for the Lord like in first Thessalonians um, 
Paul and they're, they're going to spread the, the gospel to the church in Thessalonica. Mm-hmm. And it talks about like they were laboring and they were working so they were not a burden to the people they were spreading the gospel to, yes. right? So just like laboring, like we're supposed to spread the gospel ultimately. Yes. But Paul is also laboring and working. Yes. As a tent maker, yeah. Exactly. And so we are called to work. We are called to labor. We are called to maximize. And then think about how many people, brothers reborn, <laughs> like if if we could, if, you know, the more money you make, the more money you can tithe. Then the less money you make, you can still you can still tithe whatever your income is. You're still right. called to bless people. Um, yes. But that the, where where it comes in is the basic answer. Like we don't find our identity in money. We recognize Absolutely. it's perishable. Yes. But at the same time, there's two ends of the spectrum. Yes. Okay, we recognize it's perishable, but we're respecting what God blessed us with exactly. originally. And <clears throat> you look in the Gospels and. Uh, you know, it's so ironic. We know that Judas was the money bag carrier, right? So what was the the Lord Jesus knew. So he knew in um he had a plan with the money, but he wasn't tripping whenever You think he didn't know Judas was uh, oh he and it, he knew. Yeah, he knew. And and um he was aware. And so um that is, I think that's kind of the balance is that, you know, if you finances can't affect our relationship with God and what we're doing, but it also has to be something that we tend to, you know, with what we're, we are given, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. You know, if it goes down, if finances go down, whatever, that that can't affect our relationship with God because that doesn't change his goodness. Mm-hmm. Have you ever heard of Dave Ramsey? <laughs> My daddy told me about Dave Ramsey. Literally, me and my dad used to, when we would drive down, me and my dad, we don't listen to music. That's not what we do. That's not what Harris family does, okay? You could speak on what you and your dad do, but when me and dad, we listen to news, not really the news anymore, but we would listen to Dave Ramsey all the time talk about, hey, caller comes in, I'm 200K in debt, and 200K in debt. Well, how are you 200K in debt? Right. This comes in the actual practice. So we're talking, we, we established, I think we really established the heart behind our finances, but I kind of want to talk about like practical stuff, multiplying, like making money. Right. So, so Dave Ramsey basically talks about, um, when you're, when you have finances, may, becoming rich is not hard. The goal is not to become rich, but to be a millionaire, let's not even use the word rich. Cause that's so like abstract and rich is different for every person. Yes. To be a millionaire, it is easy. That's that's the thumbnail right there. That's that's the that's the clickbait right there. Yeah. To become a millionaire is easy. Um, literally. So if y'all have ever heard, if y'all ever heard something of a Roth IRA, Roth IRA is something that you put six thousand dollars into a year. Whether you make fifty million dollars a year or you make two thousand dollars a year, you can only put six thousand dollars in a Roth IRA, right? Me and my dad did the math on it, and this is not rocket science. I was talking to a buddy of mine, and I was like, okay, so Roth IRA is different than a mutual fund, you know. I mean, we'll try to lay it out for you a little bit. But I was talking to my buddy about a mutual fund, and he thought I was selling him some pyramid scheme. He's like, I don't know about that mutual fund, son. I, you know, I'm, I'm the type, I put my money under my bed in my piggy bank, you know, which I'm just like, this is so common knowledge that it's almost financially illiterate 
to not invest your money in the stock market, right? Like the stock market would literally have to crash Wall Street style 1932 for you to lose your money, right? So on a Roth IRA, me and my dad did the math on it. If you can only invest 6,000 a year, if you invest 6,000 a year, which is a lot for some people, by the time I'm, you, you can't pull it out until you're like 58. There's a, there's an age limit, 58, yeah, 60, 50, 59, 59, because before that you'll get a huge tax because it grows tax free. That's what a Roth IRA is. Yes. But then when you pull it out, it's a big tax, but the way After it even, 59, the taxes. Yeah. Way reduced. Yeah. The way it works out, it like grows faster than a normal mutual fund would. I would have, if you invest 6,000 a year for, till you're 59 and a half, it comes out to be like over $3 million just from $6,000 invested yearly, which in the context of like, Hey, I'm an A&M grad, you know, the working class family, you know, degree in you. That's not a, that's not a lot in that comparison to people making 80 K hundred K. But what the problem comes in is we go, we buy, we will buy a nice truck. We'll buy the new Ram Dodge 20, 2021, but we won't buy, you know, a little cheaper car and put that money into savings. Yeah. Um, you have anything you want to add to that? So I think that, um, but we can also like, and also what Dave Ramsey, like I encourage y'all to listen to Dave Ramsey because Dave Ramsey talks to people like 200 K in debt making not that much money, like $30,000 a year, $20,000 a year in America, in America, that's not a lot. Yeah. And overseas and stuff like that. That's where, I mean, that's a lot of money. So what I want to do, like, I just want like. I think for people that are in, you know, so much financial pressure, I feel like it's almost just like 99% of the time, it's like lack of direction. They don't know what they're like. They don't know what's coming in. They don't know what's going out. They don't know why this, why that, you know? And it's like so much of what Dave Dave Ramsey does is like gives you just like a plan and you like feel comfortable with that. Mm -hmm. You know, um, you don't, have to your goal doesn't have to be to be a millionaire which um like he said um he's referring to being a millionaire like by the time you're 60 and And, making your first million dollars right which doesn't mean you have a million dollars in the bank it means you just made it right and so that's um totally different than you know we're not referring to you know starting a business or anything it's going to be harder for some than for others to, you know, build up, um, those, you know, that type of money, but it's really about being comfortable, um, with your plan because, um, I think even people that are in so much debt, which is understandable for anyone that's in student loan debt, um, it's totally understandable. You, you're trying to, um, get a degree, you're trying to do these things, but you need to have a set plan. And, um, I think that, being unrealistic about how long things are going to take to be paid off is a huge reason um, for being um, kind of uh, with lack of organization. Um, so often um, us as people, we're either way too negative or we're way too positive on, on but the numbers don't lie. And yeah. um, if you're, you know, if you're paying $100 a month to get your $150,000 student loan paid off you got a while you know you got gonna yeah that's just yeah, not that's even just never gonna logical. end yeah it's never gonna end so uh it's so important to um just look at and, and 
you know, set your plan. What do you want to do? What is your goals? Um, what's your debt? Um, and try to get that debt paid off. And so you can feel more free. Um, yeah. And in, in, in your what the rest of what you're doing. So, by the way, let me put a asterisk right here. We're not financial advisors, right? This is just experience and some stuff that we've taken from Dave Ramsey. Our dads are entrepreneurs. We've even we've started our own business, but it's not even where we're making money yet. But yes, we so we've grown up in this environment. But um, the worst thing for your debt, like you said, having a plan. Like if you're just if you're getting your paycheck and you're coming into money and you don't know like you have all these subscriptions you have all these monthly payments and you just like you look up and you only have two hundred dollars like you need to you need to first off understand where and what is coming like what um what's the word like monthly payments what are your expenses that's the word expenses you need to understand what your expenses are every month and the two worst things that you could literally have is debt and rent like house rent right which we understand that you know if you don't have the money to buy a house you know you gotta have you're gonna pay rent but the first thing you gotta do is pay off your debt literally the first thing that like if you have school in a personal story to have a friend of mine and hopefully he's okay with me sharing it but i'm gonna share it i get on to him because he he has about 60k in student debt right now Hmm. and he's sitting here in college, doesn't have a job, isn't working, was working, you know, just a random job. Like, he's he's not having a hustle about him that you have a 60K student debt over your head. The first, you, you need to have a priority to get that debt off of your back. So then, now you're just piling yeah. money and you're, you, can, yeah. you can invest here, the left, yeah. wherever you want to go. But the first thing mm-hmm. you have to do is debt. And then the second thing is rent money is the worst money that you can pay right and i know there's there's is there, it, there's is circumstances it? where yeah. it's not a bad deal yeah because you know if you if you're moving into an area you don't want to live in permanently if you exactly. have you know there's a lot of circumstances where debt is at an always a first priority if you have you know if you need to rent rent like it's a different circumstance understand you know, understand how much you're paying and how much that could go to like forward for a owning a house and understanding that. But if need be renting is, is not the worst thing because it allows you to, um, you know, have time to, you know, look at your next, you know, where do you want to live? Where do you, yeah. um, yeah, like for you're in college right now, right. so you're going to rent an apartment cause I mean, you know, you don't, know if you're going to live in Dallas for four years or for five right. years, you know what I'm saying? So there's, there's context for it, but imagine you go to a city, let's say, you know, San Antonio, Texas, right? That's the area we're from or from where I'm from. And you are planning to be there for 10 years and you rent a house for 10 years. That money is just gone. Literally there's loans. And, and this is something you, uh, y'all got to do more research on, but Normally loans, if you want to buy a house, you'd put like 20% down, right? That's what's, um, you know, your down payment then to get your monthly payments, whatever. But there's also loans, which I don't know about because every time, you know, I've read or seen scenarios, it's always a 20% down payment. There's also plans where you can do like 3% down. 
but I, I don't know what much it is. I follow realtors and they're, um, you know, they talk about these. Okay. If you can't, if you can't afford to put a 20% down payment, then we also have other plans regardless. The point mm -hmm. is you can figure out a way yeah. if you have the hustle about you, right? I'm not going to say that, um, you're, yeah. E immediately you're that right now you need to go buy a house. But I'm saying like in your five-year plan, in your four-year plan, two-year plan, whatever it is, you can find a way to start making payments towards a house because therefore instead of 200, that's not even a realistic house payment, 400 bucks a month, 300 bucks a month on a house payment, just going down the drain that therefore is now building equity into a house. So yeah. now you own a percentage um, because the bank is has that until you pay off the loan, right? You're yeah. now building equity in this house, which a house always pretty much raises in value unless it's like a trailer home, right? Trailer homes usually go down in value just because they're poorly, poor quality. Poor, yeah, poor quality. But that is the two things. Debt, which if like, why would you build up savings? And I don't know the statistics on that. Y'all are going to go watch Dave Ramsey. Dave Ramsey is who we're going to keep pointing out to. Yes. Um, of building up this retirement fund when you have debt over your head. So, and you need to have X amount of money you have for emergency savings, and then everything on to, everything past that um, needs to go into debt. Why do you need to get rid of your debt, right? Because debt ties you down, right? If you're someone who, say, say I um, got into hundred thousand dollars worth of debt and in four years i'm like man i feel like god's calling me to be a missionary i can't do that mm -hmm. it's not an option i have to there's there's no option to do that unless i just want to bury myself further into that debt long term um and so i'm stuck here so debt makes you get stuck and it gives you no options and um that's the best thing that like i feel like money can do for us and for people is like we actually you know, having money for your children, these things that actually gives them the options to do what they want to do. And um, not to say that, you know, anyone that doesn't offer their kid this amount of money, whatever is They're bad, bad, bad parents. Yeah, no, it's not about that. Ultimately, the best, you know, the best thing a kid can have is a parent that's there for him. But money is also an awesome thing so that we you can give your kid opportunities to actually do what they want and not have to do things by necessity. Right. hundred percent. Um, you know, if you're going into the NFL draft, you don't want, you want to have your holes filled on your team so that the best player available, you can pick them. Right. You don't want to have to be going by necessity whenever you go to the draft, because then you'll be doing picking someone you really don't want, but you just have to have it. Right. Mm -hmm. You don't want to have to pick a job you really don't want. It's an amazing um, analogy. And that's the biggest thing that like Dave Ramsey talks about is like, you got to, um, even though it's harder sometimes find something you love, then do that and try to make money at that. Um, and you know, you got, you know, figure out a way to make money at that because there's no reason to do something you don't enjoy. Plus you'll get burned out anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, and it just leads to so much more enjoyment and you look up in the long term, and you actually can stick to it and you actually have a stick to, um, all these things that you actually like, you know what I mean? 100%. All right, guys, we're back. Ad break one day, maybe. If you if you if you wanna put an ad on our show, hit us up. Hit us in the you know you know our email, Kingdom Vision Podcast. Kingdom Vision Podcast at gmail.com. Hit us up. But anyways, next we're talking about passive income. 
That's the only type of income I like. If it ain't <laughs> passive, I don't want it. Now, as Bray Brayton just left off and he said, find something you want to do, basically. That is so true. I'm getting into videography now. This is the first time, really, I've found something like I, I was like, okay, I can do this, you know, hourly. Like, every day I wake up and I just love what I do. I can go yeah. grind, right? Yeah. Um, And then off of this, you know, branches, ideas, like, okay, investments. How do I, how do I not just work hourly for my money? Because then my... Like if I work nine to five and I'm making twenty dollars an hour yeah. for twenty years, my income will is limited. So that's when you start. Okay, I love what I do. I can go to work hard every single day. Now we can start branching off and finding ways to make money where it doesn't require your hours in your time, and which is what passive income is. All right. these TikTokers talking about passive income, you know, drop shipping, all this stuff. Tried it all. It's all crap, basically. But my man's right here. Drop shipping is not passive income. It's just not manual labor. Nah, yeah. No, it's passive because it's a, you set up a shop. Okay. I, what, yeah. What, yeah. What, I guess so. But well, you're still shipping it. Are you? Or what? Or drop shipping is. Yeah. Drop. So drop. You get to a point where they're just shipping it to them. Yeah. Drop okay, shipping. Yeah. You literally just set up a website. Yeah. And you go on Alibaba and you list. The thing I on your it. website and then Alibaba. Then Send you, it to him. And then you just type in, you copy and paste information into okay. Alibaba. It's honestly just, I mean, the idea is there, but I just couldn't get any sales. Yeah, I mean. I, I couldn't get anybody to click my products. Yeah. But, but so, anyway, go ahead. No, what I was going to say is try job sh drop shipping. Didn't work for the boy, yeah. right? But some success that the Harris brothers have had. Has been in the area of Robinhood. Yeah. We won't get into amounts. We're not doing amounts? I'm not doing amounts. Okay. But um, <laughs> let's just say my man's a successful. He's had success. Can we say that? Yes. I, I've I've had success um, <clears throat> on Robinhood. Um, I started out on um, Ameritrade. And they're, they're, I honestly lost a little bit of money off of Ameritrade after a couple months, two or three. They're months. they're they're nipping you at the knees though. They don't they don't not helpful. They don't fester up area. Uh, they don't breed success in their program, no. you know. And uh, so honestly, I I uh, I hit a lick on cryptocurrency. He hit a lick, and it uh, it boosted it, it severely boosted my. Uh, my trading and then um i got into um you know now now i just trade um you know blue chip stocks and i day trade them by the dip um the blue, hey, by the dip hey son let me tell you if you want to know how to i'm not an i'm not a financial analysis this is the harris brothers way of looking at the graph that's a 45 degree angle there son dip dip okay Yep, yep. Okay, bye. You know, yep. you just read graphs. That's what we do here at, you know, Brothers Reborn. That's the name of our, our business. We read graphs, okay? People people, people get too much, okay? News articles, okay? The balance sheets, throw it to the side. <laughs> throw it to the throw side. Throw it to the side. Just read the graph, son. It's true. The graph, 45, that's a buy. That's a, that's a buy. <laughs> but, no, real talk, he hit it. What, what did you get the crypto off of? Which crypto was it? Doge. Doge. Doggy coin. Yeah. It was doggy coin. I got the doggy. My first, my first big hit. So funny story. I started doing uh, Robinhood June of 2020. Right. So I put in 
two hundred dollars, one hundred dollars, something like that. And this was right when Nikola IPO just went out, and I bought Nikola right when it went out, and then it shot up. I bought it in at twenty three bucks, and then that was when it shot up to ninety six dollars in one day. I made eight hundred dollars in one day off of that buy, right? So that just like kicked me off. I was just doing it for fun, and at the time, uh, my dad was like. You know, that's, that's, you know, be careful, be careful with that day trading, son. You know, be careful, be careful. Yeah. And valid, you know, you lose all your money. Doing yeah. it. It's very, it's a, it's honestly very, it's very dangerous. risky. It's very dangerous. It's not, I wouldn't advise it. What we are advice. You not, need, if you're going to day trade, you need to be doing it with less than 10% of your, your worth, your, yeah. um, what you have so that if you lose it, okay, it's all right. No big deal. Um, obviously you'd prefer not to lose it, but if you do, it's like, all right, no big deal. I'm not hurt by it, but, and that'll allow you to be a lot more risky on your trades, right? Like mm. you get to, um, you know, if you're trading 50% of your income, you're, you're not about to buy, um, AMC, you know, you're not about to risk it all right there. Um, but, um, you know, with 10% of your income, say, you know, you're like, man, I, I, I really feel good about this one. Maybe really taking a shot up and um, and really multiplying what I have right here. You're you're willing to take that risk, you know. You sometimes and uh, if you feel like it's valid, you know what I mean. Praise God! No, we uh, when we our advice is the mutual funds and the Roth IRAs. That's yeah. where you put your money, right? Yeah. Like Braden said. Yeah. Ten percent of your net worth and ten percent is, I mean. I, my net worth is not that high, so ten yeah. percent is not that much. But what I, you know, I started with two hundred bucks, made eight hundred dollars. Now I'm day trading a thousand bucks. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it's like, it just skyrockets. I think the most I got up to was like six thousand dollars. But I would buy camera gear with that money, so like yeah. I probably made up to eight eight thousand dollars. But I, the most I had in my account at one time was probably six because I would you know buy cameras and stuff. But um, I made the $800 off of Nicola, right? So it just set me on this trajectory of just passive income, you know, full. I was in the game, in the game, right? He, he even tried drop shipping for a while. I have it, it sent me on this road of like entrepreneur, like anything other than hourly work, yeah, like yeah. anything other than working myself. <laughs> I tried it. I tried the drop shipping. I tried Amazon uh, not FBA. FBA would be like fulfilled by Amazon. I tried selling on Amazon and I made two hundred dollars, but worked. I mean, I did kind of work for that. I probably made, probably worked a hundred hours and made forty bucks. I was getting like four bucks an hour, <laughs> so that didn't work for me. It works for some people. I hear great things about it, but the funny part is, my dad and we talk about it all the time. He wouldn't even care about me telling us. He was like, "You gotta be careful about that crypto or another crypto, the Robinhood, right?" It it was very well put. Like, you know, we got to be cautious. Made the 800 bucks. I look up three, four months later, my dad's on TD Ameritrade, you know, day traded after <laughs> telling me to, you know, be careful. I'm like, huh, you know, you're day trading now. You know, he, he made, you know, some money doing it too, but it was, that was just the funniest thing ever to go from, Hey son, just be careful, be careful now. Be, be careful on the markets. They, they're they, the hedge funders are out <laughs> to get you. To then hit, hit him out there taking out the hedge funders himself, you know, yeah. it's Robin Hoods out there, literally yeah. not Robin Hood, but Robin Hoods. But yeah. um, the the best 
advice I would give on Robin Hood is what Braden does, is the blue chips. But, Braden, do you want to tell them about the NIL deal? Sure. <laughs> tell them about the NIL. So, uh, I first get in the game. Uh, Cole sends me... Um, well, this is this is right when you're off of TD Ameritrade, right when you got approved on Robin Hood. Oh, no, you were still. This on was on TD, TD Ameritrade. So, oh, gosh. Um, Cole, he sends me. So first, my first, um, my first trade, I mean, was unbelievably successful. Um, uh, like my the stock I was in went up like seven percent one day, which is like a lot like oh my gosh like that is that's a great day if it goes up two percent in one day See, you know that's you know amazing they day don't of trading. appreciate the 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 new age robin hooders we've been on robin hood but these new age robin hooders they're looking for 20 percent days yeah. like these amcs these yeah. game stops these doge prime doge though we're used to seven percent being a good day no that's a great you know i, I mean that's amazing seven percent is amazing in one day um two percent is great in one day but anyway um, so I have this great trade and then Cole sends me a signal, um, plug power. Um, my second great trade works out great. And then third signal, he sends me NIO and, uh, what do we buy at 51? You bought 51. I bought 51. He bought 55. I, no, I bought, yeah. 55. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I see it going, I see it rolling down pretty good. And, um, so the, uh, what's it called? The, um. Uh, quarterly the quarterly earnings are about to come out um you know i'm holding out hope for the quarterly earnings little do i know of course um the dadgum hedge funders have insight on the on the earnings so they're 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 selling it down they're buying puts and everything and it gets down to 45 area and um i was actually at a basketball tournament and i mean it's this is my first time in the red so I'm kind of third ever trade. You know, I'm kind of sick. I'm kind of sick to my stomach. And um, um, I remember like before playing that game, I was just like. But me, meanwhile, meanwhile, th- just imagine an ultra confident Cole Harris. You know, I I I never lost. Like I lost twenty dollars, fifty bucks. You yeah. know, like compared to you know, I'd make a hundred, lose. So like I'm not losing, right? I'm yeah. just like impatient so i'm selling in the red slightly but imagine an ultra confident cold is a must buy hard buy hard yeah. hard buy nio neo hard buy quarterly coming out read an article read the graph read the graph we're, we're due for a, a little bounce back in quarterly earnings so ultra confident coal hey must buy first second ever signal i ever give Braden. yep now that the context is set in place what 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 happened with NIO? Old old faithful. So NIO. It, it it tanks to forty five, and um, quarterly earnings come out, or no no quarterly earnings get leaked. I read it and I'm like I'm selling. I'm out. Who what what? It got down to forty three when I sold. What was what what was the uh, the article place that you read? Uh, I don't know. What is it off of the, the Benzinga? Benzinga Pro. Them yeah. Benzingas, man, they basically screwed us. So Benzinga Pro. Um. So it it, it leaks the the quarterly earnings leak. Um. And I'm like, I call Cole. I'm like, hey man, I'm out. I'm getting out. Um. I, I'm in the red. I'm selling <laughs> at 43. He's like, 
Are you sure? (laughs) Yeah. No, but to sum it all up, literally, it's it's just, we've talked about it so many times. It's just ultra-confident Cole Harris sending a ultra- How long ago was it? Six months ago? No, it was- It hasn't made it back up there since. Maybe once. Um, right now it's at 35 bucks yeah and we bought it at 55 right like a, like we would still be in it yeah yeah we would still we would still be sitting and, there and you sold and with that money you sold out of you've made that money and then yeah back. oh oh absolutely but that was that was a that was a big hit mm. to the morale that was a yeah. big hit to the bank and then then and then on top of that and there's nothing nothing worse than giving someone your financial advice and then like telling someone hey man this is a good this is a good buy and then I, I don't even care if I give someone advice and I put my money in it. If I lose money, I don't even care. I'm just thinking about their money that they lost. Yeah, that was and that was the beginning of my fall and my destruction in Robinhood. Mm-hmm. Had a couple more losses. Had a couple more, and, and now I don't. I'm not even on Robinhood. I don't even trade. I'm in Coinbase now. I have a little Cardano. By the way, hard buy right now. Not a not a not an analysis in my de- description. I actually all seriousness. Uh, Apparently, if you talk about stuff like this, you're in your bio. You're supposed to put like, "I'm not a financial." And uh, we are not financial <laughs> advisors. <laughs> but aren't you going to school to be a financial? I'm man? getting a finances degree, but no degree yet. Uh, do what you're saying. No, oh, we're I, going to school to be a financial analyst, I, but I, I, ain't I have I've done forty hours, so I've I've barely I haven't even finished all my basics yet. Yeah, so. but no, when we. When I told him that signal, my morale was crushed, dude. It was crushed. And then eventually lost two more times big. Not really big, just, you know, small losses to the point where I was like. Forget Robin Hood. <laughs> forget Robin Hood to where I'm not even trading anymore. But it all started with that bad NIO trade, which was so in. I, and I got into day trading because he ch- traded. Now I'm in it and he's not even in it anymore. Yeah, That's yeah. the funny thing. And I evolved um, with the times, you know. Yeah. I uh, now I'm just trading blue chip stocks. A lot of the risk is really taken out of it. Mm. You know, I just if I if it goes in the red, I just wait until it goes back up. But, yeah, um, oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it 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 was tough. Um, I it's like um, now where I'm at, like if it goes down, like I was down pretty for a little while in a crypto um currency and. Um, once you get used to it, it's not as big of a deal, but the first time you see it in the red, you're like, something goes off in your brain. And, and that's li- literally why I, <clears throat> majority of the reason I got out is because first off, you're trading blue chip stocks. So like, you're just chilling. Yeah. I was trading these stocks that were like. Risky business. Risky business, man. And I just have no, like, I can't focus. Like you I'm in to, class. Yeah. I'm literally in church. Yeah. And my mind is. Like I, I remember yeah. one time, like I sold a stock in church. It was like it wasn't in, it wasn't like in the middle of the sermon. It was like in the beginning when everybody's yeah. talking and stuff. But I was like, that's how bad it was. So then yeah. I came to a, like a coming, of come to Jesus, come moment. to come to come, come to Jesus moment. You know, a realization that okay, I have zero peace of mind. Yeah, I'm done with this. Yeah, and yeah, that's part of the reason. And 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 the bad nio man. That just it was literally it was like. Imagine all momentum. Like, there's no, you know, how most of the time when you look at a typical, like, stereotype graph, it's like dip, uh, dip, uh, dip. It was just my, my graph was up. Like, I barely lost ever to, like, 
just a complete hard climax then dip to destruction so but i mean all like the positive thing is is that total i made money i probably made five thousand dollars in robin hood so there's a mis the misconception is is that you know day traders are scammers and i think a lot of it 16 percent of day day traders make money there's a a stat that i'll put on that that mutual funds outperform manually day traded by accounts far. by lar- a good percentage so that's why mutual funds are um but so the day traders that make money make a lot of money and the traders but there's only 16 percent of day traders that make money exactly exactly but but i don't day trade anymore i'm more of a swing trader and what that means is <clears throat> do i sometimes buy and sell in the same day yes but most of the time i'm buying and then i'm selling a week later um just buying like um, kind of like medium-sized dips and waiting. Mm. Um, but the good thing about it is, is in these blue chip stocks, if, um, you know, I'm getting out of school at like one o'clock, I'm like, oh, it went up and and then it went back down. I'm like, oh shoot, darn it, I'll get it next time. You know, it's not a big deal, <clears throat> and I'm not worried about it. <clears throat> and uh, not that it doesn't have the possibility to, you know, really go down, but it's like, um the odds are really, really slim to be in like, you know, a 20% down day or 10% down day Mm. where you can, you can be, there's stocks where you can literally lose 12% in the day. And that's, you know, that's pretty scary. Yeah. No. Yeah. (coughs) And I want to, you can speak on this too, but honestly, this is a theory. Uh, This is not bad. I think our generation, you know, millennials, right? I think, a lot of us love day trading so much, and it's such a big hit. And the hedge funders, literally, this hedge funders term is used so loosely and it's, as a joke, honestly. Hold on, I'll be right back. Um, My fault, I thought I heard something in the kitchen, but it must have been outside. But anyways, so this term hedge funders is used so loosely. And it's kind of a joke sometimes that people use, but in reality, this hedge funders term, like imagine Wall Street, these uh, business suit and tie people who are do this for a career. Mm-hmm. It's like there's all these articles about, or there was when it was really like the cryptos were booming, AMC, GameStop, all that stuff. Like, they don't know what's going on. Like, yeah. they're actually, like, this is in, this is not how the predictions go that, you know, then the um, analyzations go. Analyzations is a terrible word. But basically, they're being bamboozled out of their money. Yeah. And, and I think the reason of it is, <laughs> is because our generation is like a video game generation. A generation that grew up. You know, red, yellow, green on the TV, plugging PlayStations in, figuring out, playing video games. That's our generation. So to us, Robin Hood is a video game. Right. It is. It is like a with with like a gambling. A it's not like you, and it's not like you look at this money and then you put it on a table and you're like, hey, I want this. It's like 
it's just a number mm-hmm. like and it doesn't sink in like it would if it's a cat you know if it's cash yeah and it doesn't really like that's the same thing swiping a credit card like it does not like when you pay cash for something you're like but when you swipe that credit card just it makes it just a little easier exactly it's a little easier to pay that money and that's what it can feel like in robin hood is just like oh well it's just a number and, and <laughs> like when we're when we i just lost my train of thought but when we when we sit there and we're playing these video games it's of the little like the the least of importance of us of like the risk like we we associate trading day trading wall street with an office job suit and tie like work and that's what the older generation tied it to um like uh accounting economics degrees when we're sitting here i have i don't even have my degree yet and i i made eight hundred dollars from a cola yeah like that makes you feel some type of way like dude and then all of a sudden you're like dude like i don't need it i don't need a degree not me that's not what i think but i'm saying like our generation is just like just grown up not seeing it from the stigma or the stereotype or the way the same way the older generation has seen it with the severity like oh these day trading the stock market like in the 1940s what is the stock market to them um especially post depression but like in the 1970s our grandparents are shoving their money under their bed or mm-hmm. shoving that like in so like our generation has this new like yeah found deal with the which is also like based off like a video game basically so yeah and that's another reason why it's so important to put your money in mutual funds right now is because <clears throat> it's not just that it's not just that there's inflation but it's also the percentage of people that are actually in the stock market is growing so naturally the byproduct is going to be that there's going to be more stocks going up Mm-hmm. Right. There's going to be more money in the market. That means there's going to be more um, uh, deep, like a bigger rise, because I mean, back when in the Great Depression, only five percent of people were in the stock market. I didn't know that <clears throat> there's only five percent of people in the stock market. And those were the higher ups. Right. Nowadays, the percentage of people in the stock market is unreal. I really don't know the number. Hey, all stocks go up. <laughs> Absolutely. If it's red, it, it, it goes up. All stocks go up. And so uh, understanding that is like, and, and then understanding that, you know, your money sitting still is means you're losing money, right? Mm-hmm. If you're, if there's inflation and, um, you know, back when, back when granny was a young lady, she said she would buy, um, she said she would buy a Coke for 15 cents or 25 cents, you know, or That's 10 crazy. cents. And, um, and now it's, you know, buck $52, right? Because of inflation, um, in the same way. So imagine if you just store your money then and, um, stocks are all way up from then. Right. So if you put your money in stocks, then your money adjusted to that inflation. But if not, then your money, um, is worthless now you know 25 cents ain't gonna buy anything anymore Mm. so you have to um you know and understanding that that putting your money in mutual funds protects protects it from inflation putting your money in a house protects it from inflation because those things rise with inflation Mm. which i think to go (laughs) off that i think the inflation rate is estimated like three four percent a year yeah so you actually consistent lose money you lose money if you don't have it somewhere yeah and there's some savings accounts that like they'll grow like a they'll they do a 2% guarantee, stuff like that, where it kind of counteracts it. But most savings, 
or nothing, and there's a two, three, four percent inflation. But to leave you off with some some statistics, Dadgummit, we had three minutes left before the clock. I mean, the camera goes out. Um, mutual funds are proven to double every five to ten years. So if you put two thousand dollars in a mutual fund, um, which a mutual fund is a there's so many different kinds of mutual funds. S and P five hundred. Um, you know, you can you can pick different niches like an oil field. I don't know what they're called. Um, oil field where all the top 500 oil field companies or the tech companies or all the S&P 500 companies. There's different ways you can put it in. But on average, mutual funds double every five to 10 years, which means if you put in 2000 and why does it say five to 10 years? It's kind of odd that the president um, rotates every four so president presidential policies come around taxes stuff like that um there's dips in um mountains and valleys yes. uh to the stock market so every five to ten years it's proven to double since the great depression right so this is a pretty well well researched fact um so except for the 2008 yeah um, recession yeah right but even then like it came back so like, no, it still came back yeah exactly so probably over 10 years yeah that one would be a little over 10 yeah yeah but um like what we'll leave y'all with is it's it's all about knowledge we understand that people are born into different um situations different environments we're all called to multiply and really it comes down to just knowledge yeah. of how to and where to put your money um, cause we all know there's so many hardworking people out there, mm -hmm. but really what it comes down to is you can be the most hardworking person ever and you just don't have the knowledge and your money's going places where it's just wasting away. Yeah. So hopefully this episode could help y'all with a little knowledge. Hopefully y'all can research this deeper with some stuff. We gave you a lot of nuggets, not a lot of in depth to a yeah. lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, there, a lot of surface stuff level. that will let like in any terms, that's a big thing. If you are curious, a, a big thing that actually helped me trade was reading articles and then looking up the terms that they use in the articles. Yeah. Um, because for some reason in this world we live in, everyone expects you to understand the first time you get into it, right? And um, there, I mean, there's things in life, there's terms in life that you know that just they just don't make sense. So, um, you know, look up. Some of the things we're talking about, you know, day trading. Uh, I don't know what other terms we've looked at. Mutual fund, if, Roth even if you, IRA. Yeah, if you don't even, um, you know, if you don't know what mutual fund is, yeah, look that up. Look up these things um, and, try, you know, get some knowledge on it and, and see if, you know, something that, um, you know, would be beneficial to you. So Praise God. So that was another episode of the Kingdom Vision Podcast, Season 2, Episode 1. Uh, we're glad to be back. It's going to be a lot of fun. Me and Brayden, if you like this, please subscribe. Please like, leave a review, leave a comment. That really helps us out. DM us if you have any questions. Um, we would love to talk to y'all. I posted a challenge on Instagram the other day to read one chapter a day of John. Um, if you don't have a reading plan, if you read it, have questions, DM us. But without any further ado, that's the episode today. So thank y'all for watching. Yes, ma'am.